0: Hello everyone, I'm Thomas from Daft Punk.
1: Random Access Memories,
0: Daft Punk. Daft Punk and Thomas and Guy from Daft Punk.
1: There you go, Daft Punk. We assume that's Daft Punk under those
2: helmets. Hello everyone, I'm Guy Manuel from Daft Punk.
0: Daft Punk mixes of Daft Punk. Daft Punk! <laughs> Let's get back to, the, to Daft Punk. It was because of, you know, Daft Punk.
3: Daft Punk.
1: Welcome robots big and small to a live 2021, a Daft Punk podcast. I'm Andy. I'm Darren. I'm Devin. And we're three best friends from Detroit, Michigan, who are just celebrating the Beatles of electronic music. That's right. Those two French robots known as Tomas and G-Man daft punk daft punk
3: we should start calling the beatles the daft punk of rock and yeah we really should i I almost flipped the script honestly
4: that's very funny because i literally just thought that exact same (laughs) thing and elected not to say it uh but i agree Uh,
1: um yeah okay uh yeah it's it's offensive to daft punk to compare them to anyone they are incomparable the beatles are officially the daft punk of rock music Beethoven's
3: the daft punk of
4: classical tunes Yeah, Beethoven's also the Daft Punk of being a dog.
1: Yeah, that one caveman <laughs> is the Daft Punk of whacking a stick on, on a rock. <laughs> oh, I love that one caveman. Yeah, that one caveman. Um, my favorite caveman. There was some caveman who whacked a stick on a rock, and another caveman said, "Hey, I think you got something there." And <laughs> that's and, the
3: Blue Man Group. And that's the
1: Blue Man Group. That's how music was born, folks. Um, so yeah, uh, like I said, we're from Detroit, Michigan, uh, the how the home, uh, the birthplace of techno. Uh, We love house music. We love dance music. Um, Daft Punk is hugely influential in our lives. And uh, it is obviously hugely influential in a lot of folks' lives because we have had a wonderful reception. Yeah. Uh, We're hearing from a lot of folks out there. Uh, who are excited about what we're doing from all over the world. We had to translate an Instagram from message. Around that was I, the that world. was so much world, around fun. The world, uh, around the world.
4: Using Google Translate to have a conversation with somebody in <laughs> French. That was awesome. That's a surreal thing to do yeah. because
1: of our podcast. Unfortunately, we are not going to record a French version <laughs> of this, so he will never hear it. But- if
4: you are... Uh, Three French best friends who want to recreate our podcast word for word in French. We will support that.
1: That would be awesome. That would
4: be very awesome.
1: Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Three three improvisers from Paris who do our scripts in France French.
4: That would be the the ultimate – I think that's the ultimate goal for uh, for this podcast. Get it in multi-language.
1: We have heard uh, from several awesome people, though. Uh, uh, a gentleman who makes music under the name Close to the Sun, and you can find him on Bandcamp and SoundCloud and all that good stuff. He he let us know that he's loving the show so far. Uh, he says, as a house musician, Daft Punk is the reason I started making electronic mu- uh, music after hearing them in a YouTube video about Tron. I went to uh, making basic beats on Windows uh, all the way to uh, – now he's produced three albums on Ableton, uh, and, he's, and uh, uh, when they – Uh, Retired, he made a a tribute song. I thought we could play a little bit of it. Uh, This is Close to the Sun, a track called Silver and Gold.
3: Whoever thought that two French robots would have been the ones to show me the
1: soul in electronic music? Oh. All right. Groovy. Yeah. So uh, I asked him in a follow-up email if this was inspired by Giorgio by Maroder and he said absolutely absolutely um because yeah this is a, a, a really funky of um uh, the track goes on and and all the lyrics are um just Daft Punk lyrics mashed up in, in together go check it out it's really great yeah that groove yeah very groovy very fun uh um and we can put a link up somewhere uh, so we can find it he also let me know that we were talking about that clip of Tomas singing around the world That is a talk box, not a vocorder. So that
4: is our first
1: official correction.
4: That was our first uh, successfully passed uh, test that we placed in the episode. You guys
1: found it. We're we're making sure to add some mistakes in there just to see if you guys are really listening. Make sure
3: you're listening. I had a talk box. Uh, Yeah? I had a talk box. I bought it at uh, Fix Music, and it's like you plug your guitar into it, and it like blows air through a tube that you put in your mouth. That's like the Eric Clapton thing, right? Yeah. yeah. So I had this tube that I was chewing on, right? And it gets covered in spit. So I used to have to like, I had just, it was just spit everywhere in this thing. I had to like sanitize this plastic tube. I ended up selling it back to another music shop. And in hindsight, I was like, what it, like, who else has put their mouth
1: in and around this, thing. like I, around I, bought, this I bought my own tube, but it's so right. I'm just like
3: spitting into this yeah. guitar yeah. pedal. That's really yeah. crazy.
1: The talk box needs a spit valve, like every other instrument yeah. that you put your mouth yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. I quit playing trumpet because I hated just like having spit all over the I, floor. I, the the six months that I played trombone in sixth grade, I think I learned that my my trombone was cheap because around the spit valve started to turn green. It's like I can't. <laughs> this can't be real. Jeez. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, uh, we also got. Uh, uh, an email from he says he goes by Vic Summers online um, and he said he really appreciates what we're doing um, and he loves the podcast. He says uh, we I really appreciated you saying that this music encourages you to be less cynical and sarcastic and snobby about music. Um, he says he's been making a comfort, conscious effort to do the same thing. As as we were saying, you know, like we used to be kind of snooty about music and in house music in general, Daft Punk specifically, kind of opens you up to being welcoming people to just like what they like, and I think that's really. Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's important.
4: And it's really cool to, to hear that, that quote from uh, Tomas saying, you know, whether, you know, don't be a snob about it, essentially. And, and it almost is like, I'm glad that we can share that sentiment with people uh, as well, because I think that the three of us all live our lives that way very consciously, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. uh, especially over the course of the last year. Uh, just consciously choosing to be positive about things has, uh, I, I will speak about, about myself, has made my quality of life so yeah. much
1: better um so it's great to hear it was vic it Was vic, vic summers uh, vic it's great to hear yeah, that you're enjoying it out. thanks yeah. for reaching out vic uh vic went to the seattle show in two in 2007 and he hosts a film podcast called this movie saved my life and he says he's very interested in talking to us about electroma so that might happen cool. yeah, that awesome. might happen yeah uh podcast crossover if uh, so, if you guys
4: if you guys do want to reach out to us and, and uh, tell us uh, you know if we made an error or you got a story or you got a fact or you uh, got some some information you want to share with us, you can uh, send it over to Andy at info at alive twenty twenty one
1: Yeah, and uh, and again, like uh, um, I I really appreciated hearing that that specifically the, the equipment stuff. That's the one area that I. I don't know that much about. I'm not a musician, so that was it was nice to know uh, specifically that kind of stuff. But if you if you hear something I'm doing wrong, or you have a, a snippet to be like, oh, he forgot about this, or uh, I want to correct the record on that, I would love to hear that because I I uh, I think about this band all the time. They've been my favorite band forever, but I am learning so much putting the show together, and I want to learn more. So if you know something that I missed or whatever, let me know about it at. Info at Alive2021.com So, um, you always ready to get into it? I am so ready. I don't think I've ever been more ready. We, we heard a lot of music last week. This week, we're going to flip the script and talk about uh, the visual representation of the album Homework in the guise of Daft. A story about... Dogs, Androids, Firemen, and Tomatoes, the DVD Daft Punk put out after – with all the homework stuff. Yeah. 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 That's what we're going to talk about. Imagine being a Virgin Records Europe executive in 96, having signed an exciting but unproven combination of two soft-spoken French teenagers who promised to make you a debut record with nothing but a few whirring and buzzing electronic boxes. (laughs) Imagine letting these two unassuming teenagers talk you into an unprecedented record contract uh, tilted in the favor of these two burgeoning artists and having to explain to the higher ups at Virgin uh, that you ceded the rights to the music and ability to give any input into creative decisions made by that band. Uh, This is where Thomas uh, and Gibbon were. They wanted total control of the branding, the promotional materials, the videos, the touring, and they got it. And then imagine you're this person and you have to wait, explaining to your coworkers what exactly house music was and why Virgin would want to get into this niche world anyway, especially with two stubborn and inexperienced newcomers. Watching as the group that may determine your future with the label uh, as they refuse any plea to use record label uh, sound studios or professional equipment, instead holing up with a bunch of synths and sampleizers in one of their childhood bedrooms. (laughs) <laughs> and then imagine watching as a video for a disorientingly forceful groove called Defunct that features a hobbled talking man dog in which the two members of the band don't even make a cameo. And that and that spreads across the globe, making your two new assignees anonymous megastars overnight. Signing have, it. What?
3: I was going to say, we have to imagine that they are explaining all of this to richard branson yeah, right yeah. about, like the virgin records me, head <laughs> like me. someone's talking to him and saying like no 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 no, trust no. Me about this. it's trust gonna be good this. trust me the dog
1: thing's gonna work it's gonna work it's gonna work, it's gonna work. <laughs> i like i know i know that they i know they don't want to use any of our stuff and then we're giving them a lot of money and then they're making this weird music on some boxes we don't understand in a bedroom we can't go to but it's gonna work out uh signing any rookie group to such an unusual contract is a gamble daft punk just happened to be that type of once a generation group that just needed to be left alone and create industry defining art yeah uh says music journalist jean daniel bivoulet maybe 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 uh uh, he he's awesome um he's uh, and he knows a lot about the band We might just call him JDB for short. Yeah. Uh, He says in Daft Punk Unchained, they answer to no one. It is punk and it is rebellious. And that's true. Uh, Daft Punk can make anyone look like a genius. In fact, um, there's a small point of contention here between the band and the label. Because in the band's eyes, Virgin uh, uh, Records was maybe taking a little too much credit for Homework's massive success mm-hmm. uh, at the time the record came out. So Thomas uh, Tomas rebelled in a small but eventually kind of enormously consequential way, which we will learn about in a couple weeks on the Solo Project episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, we heard – from Tomas last week, that their philosophy toward making art is selfish but respectful. Uh, this is ultimately where the true genius of Daft Punk lies. Uh, in order to make art, they uh, pursued projects and opportunities that could use or that they could use as learning experiences. Uh, Every person they invited into their circle of collaborators brought a new vision that Daft Punk used for personal artistic growth. Their experiences in the clubs helped them create homework. Their experience uh, with visionary directors like Spike Jones and Michelle Gondry making traditional music videos for homework helped them develop Interstellar 555 into what it became. And then their work with Legi Matsumoto helped them make their own movie, uh, The Avant-Garde Electroma. Their musical influ- influences pushed them to transform driving house music into um, this iconic pop sound on Discovery, and eventually, their work uh, with Disney's Bottomless Pockets helped them uh, kind of develop an ear for orchestral composition and directing like massive in studio projects that led them to their revolutionary sound on Random Access Memories.
0: In a very personal way, uh, what did we want to, to to learn about? You know, and 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 it it, it it's funny, but it's been uh, b- b- from a personal point of view, sometimes uh, it's like uh, it's been this 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 uh, kind of internship into uh, whether uh, how how do you how do you make a uh, uh, Japan Japanese animation or how do you do you do you work with with special effects and to to transform yourself into a robot or and many of these things uh, from we're, we're kind of curious and enthusiastic about about understanding these processes and and has been just. Um, B- b- as exciting for us and sometimes more than just saying okay we're g- just going to stay in the studio and have people handle all of, all of these uh, things so we define ourselves probably uh, more as 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 artists and, and, and that 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 are working and getting influences from many different things in 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 culture and popular culture and sometimes very obscure things sometimes very mainstream things rather than musicians
1: uh, that is so cool to think of these opportunities as an internship um they they work with they work with people that they respect and they learn from them and then turn around and make their own art
4: yeah i mean it, it's 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 really cool to see um you know i know we we've chopped this up into a 15, 15 episode thing right but it's really cool to see the additive uh properties of Daft Punk it's really cool to see them talk about this philosophy of of like learning and and growing and internships like this Uh, and and, you know to almost look at where we've been through that lens as well and it reaffirms in my mind some of the speculations we've made about working with David Vanguard uh, uh, Tomas's father uh, and some of the decisions and the control that they have um, held on to Mm -hmm. Um, and, and and you know all the way from Darlin, all the way from 12 year olds on a bus till now, uh, you know, you can see this ever present, learn from where you were not to be where you are, but to push further, I guess. And it's really, really, really cool to see. It's cool.
3: The, uh, the other thing that I, I don't know. We think of like Daft Punk as this like entity now, you know, because it's been all these years, but if you like take away, you know, the name from it and some of the, bigger stuff i do like the energy and the the direction of just like two friends being like all right let's do this kind of project for a while let's we're into this right now let's focus on this it's you know it's it's easy in hindsight to look back at this band and and view it as all you know predetermined like of course they were going to do these things but it's very cool that it's like all right for a while this is what we were really into and we
1: focused on that for a while I've, I've worked on a lot of different projects with a lot of different people and with a lot of different perspectives and i've learned a lot from these artists but i've never gone into something that i wanted to do and been like i am going to treat list like an internship so that that i'm working with this director like you know like brandy joe I got to do a show directed by him, and I learned so much from him. But I wish I could. I wish I could go back and and say like I'm going to treat this yeah. like an internship, and then it, so that I can turn around and take what I learned from him yeah. and apply it. To my own artistic vision. It's. Because that's so. That's such a great. So I like. I wrote here, they've always used their art uh, as a way to learn something about themselves first before sharing it with the world. It's the definition of a Renaissance man. And these guys are true geniuses. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> no negative
5: stuff We're
1: getting more. Like, we're only at episode three, and I'm already <laughs> like, there's the true definition of a Renaissance man. I, I mean, I think that there's. It's funny that there's... we're like. We've
3: gone from like. You can be positive about music to like <laughs> it's stratospheric. Yeah, yeah. But I think that
4: there's really like you, you know uh, how much of it uh I like that we are approaching this pro- you know to talk about us to talk about Alive a 2021 for a second. I really like that we are approaching this with a a positive Finally, attitude. We to talk about us. Rad, but but I'm saying, you know, this 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 we're not trying to find the flaws in Daft Punk's philosophy, right? I'm sure that there are people out there who've tried to figure out, like, way you know, this is where they bullshitted us, and this is... And, and, you know, that's not the goal here. The goal is to look at, 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 at what, you know, this thing that we like together and to figure out what it is and why we like it, right? Yeah. And so I think it's, it's like, in that... In that spirit, I think each episode we are doing almost the exact same thing that they're doing. Can, we are learning
1: from doing this, can, how to do it better. I can think right. of a lot of things that I really enjoy. That if I put this much of time and energy into learning about them, that I would come out the other side not liking them as right. much. But I am liking, yeah. I am liking, I'm liking these guys. Yeah, they're my favorite band, and I'm liking them more and more and more as, as the farther we get into this. It's it's very interesting to say. I like Daft Punk,
4: right? From from you know you know, I mean I get it, we say it, we we say it, we believe it, we mean it. But the idea of this group that's you know existed for 28 years i mean that's such a long amount of time and just to try to say that's one thing that they created i mean i i there's things i've been involved in for five six years or for two one two years or whatever and you know it feels like oh i am you know this thing has run its course it's time to move on to this next project i can't imagine um trying to you know guide a, a a a single a project for that amount of time and
1: to, tr- you know, to try to summarize it is okay. one thing yeah. or whatever. So they've always Daft Punk as a project, uh, you, your words in the script are yeah. magic. What you're saying, Daft punk as a project has always been about two best friends, seeing cool shit and then letting that cool shit influence their creative output. Amen. And their earliest, uh, and their earliest experiences together were shaped by the movies they watched together. Not necessarily the music.
2: When we met, we were like to 12 and 13 and, uh, for the first four years, we we were friends. We only went to movies and stuff, and looking at videotapes, and uh, and we never did music for the four first years. It's after that that we had separate bands, and then ultimately we we made music together. The first love was uh, movies and cult movies in general. So uh, it was something uh, as we've always been. At the same time as being friends, we were really creative. There was a lot of crea- uh, creativity in our friendship. So, uh, yeah, doing one day one movie was uh, an idea that we didn't even talk about, but that was obvious. And so uh, Electroma is the first movie, but it, uh, but we started even... I took Thomas the other day. Uh, my, my father has got a tape of uh, us when we were uh, 12, and where uh, we did uh, our first uh, music video, and. Uh, so the the collaboration uh, and the maybe the 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 movie side or visual side uh, started uh, long before making music together mm. it's we re- we started uh, even when we met in fact you know the pro the creative process uh, started uh, when we we saw maybe our first movie or when we when we talked for the first time it was uh just let's go to the movies let's do something and uh, after that we 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 started uh, talking about creating some stuff
5: and they did
1: so let's cut back to uh, the boys in 97 uh so with the hit record in hand and a kind of a creative blank slate uh, the obvious move for them was to work alongside some of the most influential music directors uh, of the time uh, to learn everything they could about filmmaking Uh, so i love this moment right here they're two young artists who are finding fame very quickly but it, it does not go to their heads they know even from this early stage that they want to make their own videos and movies eventually. They also know from the outside that they want to cede as little control over any of their art as possible. They have already made huge advancements in that regard, but they're also keenly aware of their own limitations and make the decision to let people like Jones and Gondry take them to school.
2: I think we want it from the beginning, but we, we didn't decide to i think we we took the time to learn from others and and uh, it took uh, a lot of years but step by step uh, project by project we 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 stayed uh, maybe a little bit behind and we we tried to learn from spike jones we uh, i remember really well the first uh, meeting we had uh, with him and how much we were uh, impressed by what he, he did and stuff and since then we step by step little by t- little we we tried to to build a wall you know to build uh, to learn and and then uh, Electroma came after having done uh, uh, the videos for Human After All
1: So yeah they're um, uh, even this this these were interviews that they gave after Electroma but uh, I I chose them to put them here because they're kind of talking about how they got to that point yeah. we know that they're going to make their own movie eventually but it all starts here and they they never would have gotten to a point where they were comfortable in that setting if they didn't learn from these guys uh, at this point. I also want to point out I don't think I've I've mentioned that was Guiman. the other voice, the high, the little bit higher pitched voice. That's Tomas. Um, so yeah,
3: not to be speculative, but like maybe that's what that's what they're gonna do, right? They, they yeah. maybe maybe we're gonna get one of them directing a non Daft Punk related feature.
1: I I would not put it past them um uh they they have done music they've done scoring they've done movies they've made fashion lines they've built tables they've designed table like all the like stuff
3: yeah all the coffee all the, tables all the Visual, a lot of the the visual art stuff they've done have been directed at Daft Punk. I would not be surprised if we got a non Daft Punk related movie from one of them.
1: Yeah, um, uh, Todd Edwards gave an interview this week uh, where the guy asked him about Daft Punk. He said he has talked to Tomas uh, since the breakup. He doesn't know why he doesn't. He still doesn't have any uh, insight into why it happened right now. But he he also said. We have not heard the last from them musically. Uh, Oh, good. um, So uh, he said that Tomas is, like, doing stuff right now and that Guiman is, like, uh, also in uh, the realm some way. Hell yeah. Um, So I, I get more and more confident that we're going to see them do music but i i also agree like we are they they've I would, never they've they, never like, never thought about it before yeah but yeah they never rested on their loyals i'm on Lo- an
3: incredible todd edwards kick yeah right now. like he, i'm he, i am deep in his stuff
1: uh he just the he released a single this week called the chant or the chart yeah. chant uh um but go check that out because yeah he's he's kind of uh this is a, like a nice week for him he's he's kind of all over right now so um, he's killing it. He's killing it. All the stuff um, he's
3: doing with defected records is incredible. He, he He's on a kick right now.
1: Kick. He's on a kick, folks. Um, so their work on these videos and the resulting DVD, Daft, the Story of Dogs, Androids, Firemen, and Tomatoes, is like watching the finished product of Tomas and Guillemann's first semester in film
0: school. Here's Tomas talking about filmmaking. We've been wanting for a long time that da- Daft Punk has been like, an opportunity for us, a creative opportunity or vector to, to work around different media and, and different art forms. Uh, we've been making an animation film in Japan for four years, a few years ago, and uh, we've been making furniture also with uh, the company Habitat in Europe. And we've all always been interested in, in, in creating. And obviously film is probably the, the ultimate form of creation as it combines sound and images and teamwork also which is really different from just being the two of us in a studio or at home making music so we we really uh cherish and and respect creation in all forms and filmmaking has always been uh, i think as it is for many people fantasy and an ultimate way of 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 creation yeah so that that that, again is another
1: clip where like they really respect i mean he literally just said film is the ultimate Uh, form of creation yeah i mean uh, th- that was him promoting Electroma 2, yeah, which totally. is a part of it. But also, I think they're very interested. In spe- we'll, we'll, ha- we'll have a to- whole episode dedicated to Interstellar. But I think they've always been intersect- or interested in the idea of, of the combination of the two. Yeah. Uh, of music and movies – or music and moving images. Like Interstellar is a silent film set to the album Discovery um so uh specifically here they yeah i i think you're right that i wouldn't be surprised if they ever they put out some more visual stuff yeah uh spike jones got his start shooting skate and bmx videos which is i believe is how he met all those jackass fellas which event eventually leads to that bizarre sight of an academy award winning winner making a a cameo appearance in the background while a man named will the farter shoots darts out of his ass <laughs> i just i thought about that when i was thinking about spike jones I think he's just there while will the farter's like shooting yeah. darts out of his ass
3: he's an I, academy award winner man, that's not it's like <laughs> i think about spike jones's
1: career all it's the so time. crazy
3: it's incredible it's like I don't know, he's directed, he directed Yeah, Right, which is one of my favorite skate videos of all time. It's
1: literally like, what if Bam Margera was an Academy Award-winning filmmaker?
3: Yeah. <laughs> he, he makes Being John Malkovich the year before Jackass the TV series. Well, I did not
1: realize that. Right,
3: it's 99, I think, is Being John Malkovich, and I think Jackass the TV series is 2000. That's incredible. Like, some of my favorite skate videos by him come out like... After adaptation, it's yeah. cra- it's yeah. crazy his yeah. career. He really does what he I, wants. I can't get over it.
1: So eventually, he cracks into music video work with groups like Chainsaw Kittens, Teenage Fan Club, and Rocket from the Crypt before breaking into the mainstream with hit videos for Sonic Youth, Beastie Boys. His first true smash was uh, the Weezer tune "Buddy Holly," which is one of the, those. Yeah, everybody knows that that.
5: What one. a good vid!
1: What a good vid! Mm-hmm. Tony Maxwell dog is is one of the dancers in the buddy Holly uh, Tony Maxwell um, is the the dog we'll get to it but he's he's in a bunch of of Spike Jones things they're buddies. Uh, so ni- by 96, he's been pretty. Dogs high are domain. man's best friend. Dogs are man's best friend. <laughs> and Tony Maxwell is, <laughs> is... Tony Maxwell's actually right now living as Spike Jones's dog, which is. Very... <laughs> it's very weird. Yeah, but it's it works. for him. <laughs> it works for him. And yeah. I'm, I'm glad for him. He's still got the mascot and everything. Damn. Yeah, and that mask I mean, is, he should. the 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 Charles the dog mask is not looking so good anymore, but no. he's still wearing it. <laughs> Uh, so by 96, he's in pretty high demand from like cool bands who wanted to do cool videos. So I couldn't find much about how two young French musicians convinced Spike Jones to direct their debut single, but it could be an instance of like just artistic circles colliding. Jones at this point was dating Sofia Coppola. Her brother, Roman Coppola, directs Revolution 909, which we'll get to. Sophia, who divorced Jones in the early two thousands, is now married to Thomas Mars, the lead singer of Phoenix, who Daft Punk famously encored with uh, at a Phoenix show in two thousand ten. Because the bassist Laurent Brankowitz played with Thomas and Gimon in the shoegaze band Darlin' before they found dance music and formed Daft Punk, so she's got a lot of weird connections. Yeah. Uh, however, they got in touch. Spike met the boys in November ninety six. Uh, to talk about a vision for the video.
6: It, you know, kind of has a strut to it, kind of like Saturday Night Fever kind of thing. So, you you know, it's like, I thought it'd be good to have a, a guy in the city who feels pretty big and feels, like, cool and is, like, walking around listening to his song and, you know, and that was sort of the, the start of it. Really into it and they're really into uh, movies and films and, you know, kind of into the idea of making a little mini movie.
1: So that was that's basically the genesis of that. They they met with him, and they at this point were into the idea of making a mini movie. That's where their head was at for yeah. Defunk. De- 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 uh, they shot, uh, they shot less than a month later in December, which seems like an incredible turnaround time. The actual shoot was a bare bones operation, like one day of rehearsals in a banquet room at a nearby hotel, three days on the streets of New York with a skeleton crew, uh, but that still left like less than a month. Uh, to create the animatronic dog head that would make the video iconic. Um, so frequent Jones collaborating, Tony Maxwell was cast as the dog and he spent a day getting uh, the rubber cast what do, made. How much do we know about Tony Maxwell? Cause I just, I just threw Tony Maxwell up to see if
4: I could get a, a, a picture to see if I could place him. Um, since you guys threw that up. He's, but, but, he, from 1991 to 1997, he was the drummer for a band, yeah. That Dog.
1: Yeah, he was, yeah. <laughs> oh, I remember That Dog. It yeah, yeah. was a good band. So that's that. how they met. He was, he oh, was like. Oh,
3: because oh, yeah, Mike Jones dog. does That Dog music videos. Yeah. Okay. So that's
1: how they met. He was, uh, he was in That Dog. I, I left that out of the script, but yeah, he's in like a, kind of a punk band, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Dog. Um, that's that Dog. From... And now he's That Dog. And now he's That Dog. Yeah, he's in That Dog and now he's That Dog. Yeah, there you go. Um, so there's a short, uh, making of montage of the dog head on the daft DVD. I'm not particularly cross claustrophobic, but it looks so stressful to get that done. Have, like, have you ever seen videos of getting people yeah, getting past and stuff? It, that's tough. It, it, I would have a panic attack. I, it, they, they pour that stuff all down his head and they barely leave uh nose holes and then they're, uh, like pasting paper mache on top of it when they take it off of his, the, the look of relief on his face when they rip it off of him.
3: When I got LASIK surgery, they gave me a Valium and I wonder if that is maybe the situation for prosthesis. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. They like might, they, yeah.
1: <laughs> they might,
3: yeah. they might just calm you down. <laughs> they Cause might. that seems, I don't, I don't think I, I don't think anyone can sit, just sit. It's like, them. it's like hours too. I've heard like, yeah.
1: like you hear stories about Jim Carrey get, sitting in makeup for uh the grinch eternal sunshine for eternal sunshine <laughs> uh and he he had to have um he had to have like like uh life coaches and psychiatrists on on set with him cuz like they would put these uh things in his eyes and put all these prosthetics on him and it was like making him go crazy
3: when i was a kid sometimes i would put all my clothes on and then fall asleep so i would wake up ready for school and i think <laughs> And I think I would, if I were in a Grinch situation, I would just make him do all the makeup while I'm asleep. Yeah. So when you wake up, I wake up and I'm the dog for the damn punk video.
1: Will you do all the makeup while I'm asleep? asleep. So wait, as a child, you got dressed for school at night? I remember one time when (laughs) I was like in first
3: grade, I was like, oh, I have an idea. And I put on all my clothes and my shoes and got my backpack ready and then went to bed. I remember my mom coming to wake me up and being like, look, I'm ready to go to school. I
1: can sleep she for like, 15 more minutes.
3: <laughs> she was like, did you? I was like "Sick." She was like, did you sleep in your shoes? I
1: was like, yeah, I
3: did.
1: That's really funny. <laughs> That's kid logic. That's kid logic right there. I can get like 20 more minutes of sleep. <laughs> um, so uh, the shoot wasn't the easiest three days for Maxwell either. Uh, So, he spent the the entire time in this, like, incredibly heavy, hot animatronic mask. So, there there was robot masks all throughout the head. So, it moved the mouth and the eyebrows and the ears, which they don't even use all that much in the video. It's very When you said animatronic,
3: I almost didn't – I was like, was that an animatronic dog? Because it doesn't – I don't remember it moving. The
1: the making of – little dvd feature you it when before they put like the dog skin over it it way, it works way better but once they get everything over it the mouth barely moves like it, it, it would not be that much surprise if it just like was moving on accident as he was moving yeah. around this
5: is like
3: a hop step and a jump from like tmnt2 yeah right because that's like 91 animatronic yeah like Lower East Side, New York, and this is '96 animatronic Lower East Side, New York. Yeah, it's yeah, very similar this aesthetically. Is spir- this is a spiritual sequel to TMNT Two: Secret of the Ooze.
1: Uh. Yeah, <laughs> Charles the dog is the love child of <laughs> Tokar and Rezar. From- <laughs> if you cut some of this footage into that movie, it would, it would be fine. I would. I would. Dist- like my, I think my first Daft Punk memory as a as a person is in 97 i being a 10 year old and seeing this at my cu- at my uncle's house and being kind of scared of this dog it's,
4: scary <laughs> it's, like, I, I it's didn't, kind of scary dogs dog. are scary I didn't, um i didn't line this up i, I up until um i i i, was, I, I remember this similarly I, I didn't connect that it was daft punk for a long 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 yeah. time i never really, but i remember seeing this dog and being like i don't get it i don't it. think i like this I, dog. I think i like i remember thinking it's it's like some, I don't know, maybe it was my cousin, but yeah. somebody was like, let's watch this music video. And then I was like, this is not a music video, really. No, uh, it is a mini movie.
1: It, it is a mini movie. I mean, it's, it's, uh, well, I'm sure we'll talk about it. But yeah. I mean, so we're, we'll talk. Uh, I got like a little yeah. thing about it. we one, we'll talk about, um, our thoughts on the videos uh, after each chunk. But he's got that on his head. He's also, you know, carrying a cast and he had a crutch and he's got the big boombox. It was not easy for him to get around. And then also, spike jones is maybe a little horny for charles the dog i just love charles like i um
6: i loved hugging him and um having his arm around me and uh just sitting there and talking to him and having quiet moments a cup of coffee with him um he was just like a, a sweet sweet boy and you know i i feel kind of like a father to him and I like um try and give him advice and try and help him out when, when he's down. But I mean he's, he's kind of an optimistic little guy. He's
3: like
1: I mean he's I like, like he's
3: Spike like, Jones is what I sound like when I talk. He's what kind a of like weird, cool.
1: Okay, okay, so he's kind of like he's kind of like really horny for this dog.
6: That's his best friend. He's his best
1: friend I just love
6: Charles. He's very <laughs> cute, huggable. I wish he lived with me. Oh, the, the good thing was that one time Tony, uh, the, or Charles, the dog boy, was real real cold. Dog and boy? He went inside, went into a bar to get warm, and some girl came up and was, like, hitting on him and telling him he was real cute, and, like, trying to sit on his lap and, like, uh, rubbing his nose and stuff like that, and I tried to kiss him. I don't know. The best thing was just seeing Charles, the dog boy, walk around Manhattan, and all, you know, most, you know all the Manhattan people who've seen everything... They're trying not to look or pay him too much attention.
1: It's very upsetting to me how he says the word "cute." When he, I love the dog is really cute. I love Spike Jones as as
3: a as a TV maker, as a movie maker, as a music video director. I read a thing where Vincent Gallo was talking about him. He's like. I don't get spike jones you invite him to a party he's the least interesting person to talk to <laughs> and like i love spike jones i think he's so talented i've never heard him speak before and hearing him talk about the dog is so wild it's really it's really funny he's it's very so, he doesn't sound like he's i love and he, I love the dog boy when he comes and he was cold and... I love having a cup of <laughs> coffee with him
1: and he would sit on my lap and he was so cute. Like, is Wait, he high? Like, what are you talking about? So, Probably. He, he's, he's honestly, it was group. like one of my favorite parts of the entire DVD was his commentary. Because he's like, he's really funny throughout the whole thing. This is how, this is how his commentary track for Defunct ends. And,
6: um, up to 14th Street. So, we had a lot of drunks to deal with, like you know, dr- drunk old people and drunk kids and uh, a lot of hecklers that, that wanted to make fun of us and, you know, make fun of Charles, the dog boy, and it was hard to deal with. It kind of got a little, uh, you know, a little, you know, I don't know, like, little, like, like, they, they made fun of, the like, what I was wearing and stuff, and, like, I don't know, it, it was... Uh, Hold on for
3: a sec. Yeah. He's doing a
6: bit. Yeah, yeah, he's absolutely doing, doing a, bit. a bit,
3: and he just walks away from the mic, and that's how the whole thing ends. I, so I, I, I watched, I listened it's all the wow. commentaries yeah. for this DVD except this one. Yeah. I didn't hear that. It's very funny. Okay, he's
1: he was doing a bit the yeah, whole time. He's doing the bit the whole time. He, because he's that's he has, very funny. He has some interesting things, and he says some factual stuff that I didn't know. I learned about. Um but then throughout it, he's just talking about how cute the dog is and how he wants to have coffee with it and how he wants it to sleep on his lap. And then he cries at the end. Uh,
3: if he had not done that end bit, I would have been like, Spike Jones is weird. But now I'm like, oh, oh no, yeah. he's doing like he dirtbag he stuff. That's bit, great. He was doing
1: a bit the whole time.
3: Because, like, honestly, I, at this era of DVDs, like they're like, hey, you have to come record a yeah. commentary. They're like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, what do you mean I have to come talk about something I did five years ago? <laughs> yeah,
1: and, it's, and he just does this weird, <laughs> weird, like avant-garde Yeah, I'd thing do a weird bit, too, yeah. if they were like, yeah, you have to talk about he a music a, video. He pulls you... a Gallagher on WTF walk-off. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. Good uh, bit. Good bit. Horny for Spike the dog. Jones, they... I take
3: back what I said. You rock.
1: <laughs> you rock,
3: Spike Jones. Vincent Gallo was wrong about you.
1: Yeah, yeah, don't listen to Vince Gallo. He did the that The Brown weird. Bunny sucked. Yeah, he did, he did. He made Chloe Sevigny do some awful stuff <laughs> in the Brown Bunny. Don't listen to Vincent Gallo. Uh, <laughs> it's, so this video instant hit once it hits the airwaves in 97. And the documentary Daft Punk on Chain, Pete Tong, says, defunct and the video is the most important thing that they did because it, they explode after that. Like, this is their stepping stone. Yeah. Um, music journalist, Harris Rosen interviewed the boys at the 97 winter music conference. Like, this is like, like mid defunct fever. This is, it's everywhere. Uh, it's like the most popular dance song in the world. And he writes, uh, my favorite question people ask me about Daft Punk. And it's funny because it's ridiculous. Which one of you is the dog? It's none responds. GIMON. Uh, that's what is so weird because, um, uh, you're in the limelight and people think you're just some dog guy. Yeah. Laughed by Galter. A lot of people know that Daft Punk is one guy and he's a dog. <laughs> <laughs> it is it's so funny
3: that that seems weird to us. Yeah. Daft Punk is one guy and it's a dog. No, it's two guys no, it's and, two, and a
1: robot idiot. You idiot. Daft Punk isn't one guy and he's a dog. He's two guys and he's a robot. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you dummy You, you stupid not, guy It's yeah. not one dog It's two, two guys and they're a robot It's not one guy and he's a dog It's two guys and he's a robot <laughs> <laughs> So looking back with everything we know about the boys I'm surprised at how much the actual song is like Takes a backseat to the video Amen It's barely in it it's Yeah barely It's in barely it. in it so and they're uh, perpetually talking over it. Yeah. You know? like that's the whole thing. I I understand that they wanted to make a mini movie, and the boys grew up obsessed with Thriller from Michael Jackson. Like, truly, go look at the font uh, uh, in the back covers on the Thriller album. Compare them to Random Access Memories. It's the same thing. So the idea of creating a story around a, a song must have really appealed to them. But there are long chunks here where the music is almost inaudible. It's Amen. definitely not the star instead creating a mood as we watch the dog The Bach person's bad luck across the city so thoughts on the vid it's it's interesting to me how um
4: the again to piggyback on the the music actually taking a back seat uh, it's interesting to me how much like city sound they let in with the um, the characters, uh, dog and, and random street people. And then what Beatrice. Diegetic yeah. Sounds. A, yeah, a lot of so a lot of diegetic. Yeah, but sounds. I mean, just buses and cars going by
1: and people like street noise. I mean, they could have. And it's like um, a cool it's a cool shot to see from the back of the cooler in the yeah. deli. But the but the music is
4: it's muffled is as muted a, out. Yeah, it's yeah. muted. It's 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 very interesting how they don't have the
1: actual track as kind of the through yeah.
4: line rails
1: for it. Or it's like, like um, bits like I understand when they bring it down some for some dialogue, but why does the bookseller need to have so like why does it have to be so toned down there when he's literally yeah. yelling like keep it down? They they mute the music yeah. for him to be like, Keep it down. Yeah, it's it's uh, I I dig
4: it. I mean, I I want to say I, I like this a lot. I, I again, I haven't seen this in a long, 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 long time, and it's um, you know, it is much more of a silent, let me not silent, uh, a short a short film than it is a music video. Yeah. I think calling this just a music video is doing it a disservice.
1: Well, so it it is gets released. It's called Big City Nights, yeah, uh, featuring Daft Punk or Defunct. So it's just. With how much control they want, and how much they want the music to be the star, their first, like look to the world, hey, this is Daft Punk, is their their music is a backseat yeah. to the rest of it. It's just a it's with everything we know about them, it's a weird it's a weird thing.
3: Yeah, I like I like the video. It's um, like. Uh... Pre nine eleven, early Giuliani. Uh, I did not think
1: that that's where this was going. <laughs> okay, it's a
3: pre nine eleven, early Giuliani look at the West Village. Yeah. So New York has not started changing in the way it's going to change throughout the rest of his time as mayor, and it's
1: it's it's also uh, though, um, it is post Giuliani attacking the the rave scene of New York. Yeah. So that so we we're going to get into it next week more with the live uh their li- them as live act at, at this point but these guys uh were were outspoken critics of uh french police officers for their harsh uh treatment of the rave scene in France. Yeah. This is a this is a New York where like Giuliani looked at what was happening at Limelight and Club USA and shit and said we need we need to end this. We need to get the drug. Like, we need to end this. Um, this is also post-ALEG. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this
3: is – we're just a couple years out of it. Yeah. Giuliani has has been in office a couple years at this point. So it's like, I don't know, kind of the waning years of a certain era of New York. Yeah. The, like, messy, dirty 70s yeah. and 80s in Manhattan are are waning as we get towards – we I mean would, New York starts changing before 9/11.
1: We're going to talk about it or we have talked about the r- the rave scene. Thomas spent some time in New York during like peak rave yeah. New York culture. But in the early to early like 91 to 94, uh the club kid culture has is becoming like something that people globally know about. There are people like Michael Alec that are famous for being partiers in New York. They throw parties. They would do things like there's going to be a rave on the New York city uh, train station today. And they would just pile into the subway and have a rave in a subway or, or like there's a pop-up rave that they don't know about in a open Burger King tonight. And there would be like 400 kids back, like like dive bomb into a Burger King. Yeah. And, um, thing, uh, Giuliani attacked it eventually. Uh, not, not without cause, they did they they it went it got really dark by the end of it uh in ways it that collapsed it collapsed on itself it, yeah they it collapsed like a dying star in on of it, on, on itself they uh uh it, it started um it started beautifully it got dark once they introduced um some uh some more hardcore uh uh some some more of them poisonous chemicals <laughs> Yeah. Some so, of the bad yeah. point. so uh, the wrong I, I've kind read, of point. There's some there's some really awesome books about this that that era of New York party scene. Uh there there's a point when like James St. James and Michael Alleg are taking lines of roofies to level themselves out. That's what we're talking about. Yeah.
3: Like. I went by Devin St. Devin.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? What an but incredible name. What's a great name? James St. James. We know a guy named Dave Davies. <laughs> we, also <laughs> know it. St. We, St. we also
4: know a Jeff St. John. That's true. So, That's true. Uh, shout out <laughs> Jeff if his St. Name John. was Jeff
1: St. Jeff, that yeah. would be incredible. <laughs> that would be great. Um, um, so yeah, we're talking like it got really dark and dangerous and, and physically dangerous because, you know, uh, Michael Alec uh chopped up his drug dealer and threw him in the river. So that it I'm just got to zoom <laughs> past one of the that. One. Bad, that's <laughs> one of the main bad crimes he, you can do. So <laughs> as a so I don't you don't know anything about that. I'm familiar with this. I Michael so you, Alec, you Michael recommended Alec, uh, He is he is zooted out on all of like literally all the drugs that you can like he was he was breaking into vet's office to steal ketamine. Yeah. He like it got bad. He in his drug brain he he killed his drug dealer and then went to like a best buy and bought, bought a tv so he could have a box to put him in he chopped him up and he threw him in the river and it, it uh that was the, yeah, that was really the what ended everything you know what but it was not it was not that way all that for a long time all that stuff
3: didn't kill him you know what killed him christmas
1: christmas he died on christmas no, day good. this year yeah he did <laughs> yeah crazy <laughs> Uh, I like that Defunk is their... Yeah, he got he got all the way through his jail sentence. He was a free man. Christmas killed him. Um, heroin killed him. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. This is their their tribute to G
3: Funk. It's got that like really yeah you know groovy like dirty West Coast Funk line. So the music video has just a dude rolling around with like yeah. a boombox
1: ghetto blaster. That that's quintessential do... G Funk shit. Just in in retrospect I wish that the song was the star I that's really like it, it's a it's a fine video uh it's not my it's not my favorite but I wish the song was the star yep yeah um uh people were trying to like imbue importance and symbolism into the text uh, like what what does it mean this is a fun quote I found uh Thomas Thomas said there's no story it's just a man dog walking with a ghetto blaster in New York. The rest is not meant to say anything. People are trying to explain it. It's is it about human tolerance, integration, urbanism? There is no message, and there will be a sequel someday. (laughs) So they like uh, uh, they the one thing is like it. This point, um, all of their music is just about being happy, right? And this this we watched we watched the dog like have a really shitty day, and I think that they watched it and were like I I kind of wish the dog had a better day. Yeah. Uh, well, why why did everything that, to, that happened to that dog have to be so sad? Uh, and we'll get to that eventually. Yeah, we will. Thomas and Guiman were lucky enough to get French director Michel Gondry on board for the second single. Gondry, uh, a visionary director whose use of practical effects and handmade props gave his videos a unique creativity, had directed over 40 music videos by the time he worked on Around the World. Uh, And as soon as he heard the track for the first time, he had a flashback uh, to childhood and knew exactly what he wanted to do with the project. Gondry, who dabbles in music as a hobby, had the boys pegged from the get-go. It is so cool when coincidence meets vision. So Tomas and Guiman grew up loving chic and around the world in many ways is their early homage to one of the most important bands of their life. Uh, that song was also creatively influential to Gondry, who used his childhood daydream uh, daydream about a Chic song to create a piece of Daft Punk lore. So he's like, he has this thing in his brain about as a child listening to Chic and uh, envisioning a guy running up the stairs and down the stairs to the baseline of a Chic song, and that like yeah, and that was just stuck in his brain since yeah. a childhood, and he used it. Uh, like, he pulled it out as soon as he heard Around the World. I, I think that's awesome. That's so awesome. The rules. Yeah. Um, so he expanded on the idea of the baseline being a guy running up and down the stairs and created characters and a visual space for every element of the song. So this is the way he describes it. These are the words he uses. The bass line, they're athletes – I, I thought that they were, like, breakdancers or b-boys. Yeah. He calls those guys it's athletes. It's funny. You don't
3: often see an athlete wearing a
1: full Adidas tracksuit <laughs> or whatever. Know. That's not.
3: Are you, I associate that with the Sopranos, not with <laughs> athleticism. Yeah. I,
1: yeah. So uh, they're traversing the stairs uh, in his background, um, uh, uh, his vision from childhood. The drums uh, and the rhythm, uh, those are, are mummies, and they're on a podium in the center because the whole song revolves around that part of the the song the guitar section is skeletons kind of like an old musical cartoon because they're kind of like jangly uh and they're like front and center right up front uh the keyboards and the synths he calls them disco girls i would call them uh swimmers yeah they're like swimmers (laughs) i'd call them yeah um what's that symmetrical swimming what is that called synchronized Uh, swimming synchronized swimming uh, and they start front and center, but then as the synth line kind of starts to mimic the bass, they drop into the background and they end up actually uh, mirroring the the athletes on the the stairs. Which is now that you s- now that I see it, that's very cool. Oh yeah. Think about and then the vocoder is the robots circling the whole track on a vinyl because they're you know kind of just rotates around everything else. Um, this type of video was not in Gondry's royal wheelhouse. On the commentary track, he says, all the dancing I see in videos exasperates me. (laughs) So I regarded it as a challenge to come up with something that I liked. (laughs) Wow. Uh, He says, I was sick to see choreography being mistreated in videos, like filler with fast fast cutting and editing. It's really shallow. I don't think choreography should be shot in close-ups. So he'd never shot choreography before. He didn't like choreography, he didn't like dance, like dance-centric videos, and- but this was the idea, and he tried to figure out a way to do it.
3: Yeah, uh, I mean, he shoots it like like a Fred Astaire it, musical number. Yeah. You
1: know, it's this gigantic Hollywood-looking production. It's it's very cool. Um, it is also shot. Uh, I watched. They have like a making of doc thing clip. Uh, when you listen to it um, with just the onset sound. They are listening to the song at three quarters speed the whole time, so they shot this whole thing in like three quarters speed and then just bumped it up slightly. Which, if you watch it closely, like the way the mummy's hips move and stuff, is a little too fast to be natural. Yeah, and that was intentional. It I think, gives it a very other feel. Yeah, yeah, cool kind way. of like you a theoretical step. Yeah, yeah, and it. Uh, I I never I never thought about that until I heard. I saw them rehearsing the dancing I'm like, Oh, they're, they're learning that. But it, the whole thing kept going like that. And they, that was a f- choice that they made kind of cool. So we had a rough vision for the whole thing, brought in some people to help famed dancer and choreographer, Bianca Lee helped turn his vision into reality. He says, uh, uh specifically the hand motions she brought into it added a sensuality that he had never envisioned. Yeah. So he, the Bianca Lee made it, uh, uh, sexier, uh, the mother of his child, Florence Fontaine, made the costumes, including the first robots and anything by Daft Punk that, with motorcycles and antenna or motorcycle helmets and antennas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In Daft Punk Unchained, Gondry mentions the robots, and he leaves it open to possibility. He says, "Maybe it was their idea," and I ended up working around it. I don't know. Yeah. Because in other ways, in other times, he's talking about the video. He just says like, "These are the five people. These are robots." So I don't know. Maybe maybe it was. Um, Daft Punk had robots on the brain already. Maybe not. Don't know.
4: Yeah. Uh, I love, I love this music video. I think this is, this is, this is the one that sends them. This is, this is my favorite Daft Punk music video, but this might just be my favorite music video. I I think, I think it's, um, it's, it's. It's At the same time, it looks crazy high production value, but yeah. also made by someone. It's it's Yeah, it's, well, it's,
1: so th- it was like like I said the mother of his child did the costumes. Yeah. His brother, Twist, did all the lighting yeah. and the programming his for that. Who?
3: Twi- his, his brother's name Michelle is Michelle Gondry's brother, Twist. Yeah, his brother's name is Twist. Twist Gondry. He's
1: a, he's a set decorator and he's a uh, lights guy and a co- computer guy. He built this whole computer program with. Um, 50 points of light they all had red blue and green on them and they could all uh they were all synced up to uh go to the lights and the entire thing crashed the day the day before the shoot and like we get that we absolutely get that uh on the commentary track he says that he was yelling at his brother and the producer of the video was so stressed out he was throwing up <laughs> That's the last
3: time because we were so stressed,
1: you puke. <laughs> no, I've never been so stressed out that I threw up. Never. Um, uh, but they got it working like a half an hour before this schedule. Before they were scheduled to shoot. So, uh, so yeah, it's it's DIY. Yeah.
4: But this video somehow feels like it's in the past and in the future at the same time. You know, it's 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 a weird world of itself. And like I said yeah. in our in our uh, homework episode and I'm going to stand by it, the only thing that makes this song better is this
1: video with the song. Yeah. It's great. It's perfect. Um, it is perfect for the song. It's
4: so perfect because it's it really it takes the perceived simplicity of the song that you know that, that if you got to dig against around the world it's, it's it's against its repetitiveness and you might think it's a simple repetitive song and it's not. It's an incredibly complex repetitive song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And but like, like, again, you know, I think there's something to be said for finding noises that you think are the best noises worthy of just being repeated for yeah. the entire track. And I think that they that they did it. You know, they did it. I mean, and it's, and it's just enough of the carousel that we talk about enough of the in and out to make it original and, and fresh the entire song enough of the same thing that you never lose that feeling. Uh, and and the video shows really the complex detail in every single instrument, the instrumentation, the way it's uh, arranged, the way that the, the 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 instruments are revolving around the baseline, and the robots are going around the outside, and everything's going around. Everything has that theme. Yeah. Of of of, of you know it, it summarizes all that stuff we've talked about, carving out that nuanced space for every sound. This video does that and in it's the exact. Classic, it's the visual counterpart
1: of it. Like just classic, like Michel Gondry. Yeah. Like if you watch his movie the science of sleep or be kind rewind that thing that's like professional glean in a way but then it's got yeah. this homemade creativity and weirdness that no nobody else does it feels like something meant
4: to be seen in person you know what I mean like it feels more like this is art not this is a big you know you know I think we lose something to you know, nowadays everything's freaking eight K sixteen nine you know, blah blah blah, crazy crystal clear images what and numbers
1: this, are you throwing out? I'm just talking about
4: like quality images of yeah. videos and stuff. Like it's 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 it feels like boots on the ground art. You yeah. know what I mean? And that I think serves the artistic vision of
3: everything that we've set up to this point.
4: Uh and furthers it.
3: Yeah, I like I don't know, it's it's you, with Michel Gondry's music videos in the 90s, you see a template for the films he's going to do later. And I think it's interesting that we're watching Michel Gondry's music videos, you know, his music video for Daft Punk two or three years before his first feature. We're watching Spike Jones's music videos for Daft Punk two or three years before his first feature. No one who's directing any of these music videos has made a feature-length film yet. Right. And yeah. Most of them, you know, three of... Three of these people
1: will go on to win Oscars. Yeah, Yeah. and uh, that like Daft Punk searched out people that they knew were visionaries, and these these were accomplished music video guys. They were not accomplished filmmakers yet. So in some way, it's me putting this together. I'm like, how in the world did they? get like Spike Jones and Michelle Gondry to agree to do these, but really they weren't Spike Jones and Michelle yeah. Gondry yet. Yeah. Uh, and I mean,
4: I think that there's a case to be made that
1: like, you know, yeah. this is a
4: huge part of the thing that makes them into those yeah. people that you think of. This is one yeah. of the things that makes Spike Jones, Spike Jones. This is one of the things that makes Michelle Gondry, Michelle, G- Michelle Gondry. I haven't yeah. thought
3: about uh, the science of sleep probably since I saw it. Um,
4: I but had it on
1: DVD as, as in high school. I, yeah, I, no, so
3: I, I I've seen it a bunch of times. Like when it came out, I remember renting it a couple times, and I'm now remembering that in the everlong video for the Foo Fighters, they like Dave Grohl gets these big hands. Yeah, and then they do that in the Science of Sleep too, where he has these yeah big hands. like <laughs> yeah. you know like practical effects,
1: practical effects, Yeah, he does. I, I, Have you seen Be Kind Rewiden in a while? Yeah. It's so fun. It's great. It's not like, it's not a great movie, but it's, it's, it's like cheesy in a heartwarming way. And the acting is great. And then they just do these really awesome parodies.
3: Eternal Sunshine. He does the forced perspective of him
1: as a kid and stuff. For a movie
3: that's not. There's so
1: many cool practical effects in there. What a guy. What a
3: guy. I, I have not watched
1: his show with Jim Carrey. Me either. I don't know. All right. Uh, I'm interested. Which I have heard. Uh, I, what was I listening to recently? Uh, wh- where I heard some stuff about Jim Carrey talking about making Eternal Sunshine, and he was a little bit emotionally abused by Michelle Gondry on that. Really? It's very interesting to me that they went back to work together because he he like he had broken up. It was a really painful breakup with R- Renee Zellweger. And it was, like, a year before they were going to do that movie, and he was talking to Michelle Gondry about, like, how heartbroken he was. And he's like, you need to stay this way for a year so we can use it. He said said to Jim Carrey, don't fix yourself. Everybody on set was allowed to explore and improvise and do fun stuff, and Michelle Gondry wanted to – take the light out of Jim Carrey's eyes. So he was not allowed to like explore or improvise and he had to be like as boring as possible Yeah. while everybody else got to act goofy. wow. And it was just like this uh, kind of torture for Jim Carrey.
3: Michelle Gondry is a very visually interesting filmmaker and has made some very cool things, but he is the things I like him most for are, are, what he's done in service of his collaborators. I think Eternal Sunshine is yeah. kind of in service of a Charlie Kaufman script that's incredible. And I think my favorite Michelle Gondry music videos are in service of the song.
1: Yeah, and this is absolutely in service of the song. It's like perfect combination of the two. 100%. Uh, released in April of 97, so like three or four months after. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Seb Janiak is a French videographer and photographer. Uh, he's worked with people like Janet Jackson, Method Man, and TLC. He's not like a famous guy, I don't think.
3: This feels like a music video directed by a guy who's worked with Janet Jackson, <laughs> TLC, yeah, and it's Method so Man.
1: so 90s. We'll get to it. Uh, he wrote and directed the, the Burn In video after the boys wanted in some way to pay homage to Chicago house scene uh, that was such a f- huge v- views, uh, uh, influence on them. So the party scene is a veritable visual retelling of the teacher's track off homework. Paul Johnson is on deck. DJ Sneak, Roger Sanchez, uh, Derek Carter, Roy Davis Jr., Robert Armani, and DJ Hyperactive are all uh, at the party. Yep. Tomas and Gimon are also there. Tomas is in a long dark wig with sunglasses, and Gimon looks like a Scarface style scumbag in like a mod suit and a blonde wig and sunglasses. You can just see them very briefly in there, but they're, I think this is the only one that they're like in. Yeah. Uh, in the commentary track, Janiak says, using a fireman meant I could shoot an action film with real heroes. And real is the operative word here because other than the main character, the, everybody else is real firemen. Like the firemen are like actual firemen. They they used an old disused fire station uh, uh, because he said new fire stations are very ugly. He had like weird opinions on fire
5: stations. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um,
3: I, I'm I. I was surprised to find this was a French director because it feels in very inherently American. It yeah. really
1: does. He, it's got it is. Uh, it's got all of those '90s music videos things, like the kind of fish eye lens, the weird close-ups, the kind of
3: like like CGI zooms. Yeah, that so like the feel zooms. like
1: like Backstreet Boys music yeah. video. It was weird. He like so he says in the commentary that the zooms like when it's when the when it speeds up and like people going fast forward none of that was planned. None of that was a part of the. Sh- none of that was the idea. Does he, <laughs> none, like he doesn't. He, they shot it with a storyboard and everything, and I guess they had too much. They wanted to get more in there, but all of that zoom stuff they just did in post. They're like, "Yeah, well, we'll fuck it, do it." it yeah. and yeah, it's, like, was, it's all over the video, and they didn't mean to do it. It's
3: great. I would love to see them do the zoom second, stuff. Not in post. like they didn't have any control. No, these it. people
1: just went way too fast. <laughs> yeah, it they- is cr- like that. The
3: digital effects look. So it's one, of yeah. it's one of the only, things it's got that really dated.
1: like the bright colors, the bright, yeah. like the nineties brightness of the colors, the stuff that's like close is hyper in focus. Um, so it was a bit of a gorilla shoot, um, local police and the insurance company. They both said they were both very blunt that they could not use <laughs> real fire on the shoot in the tower. So they had, they shot in six different locations, uh, they had a tower for the fireman stuff. They had a tower for the party. They had the backyard for the kid, and they had a couple different locations uh, on the street and everything. Uh, they were very blunt. Insurance said you can't use real fire in a tower for branding purposes and for safety reasons. Like, you can't you can't light stuff on fire in a skyscraper, and they did it anyway. <laughs> uh, that is very funny. <laughs> so, so after telling the insurance company that they were going to use like a simulated fire. They lit shit on fire in there, I guess, and fought it. What serves
4: the Daft Punk mentality of you cannot tell them what to do more than (laughs) you guys can't light a fire in a skyscraper? All right, we won't. They
1: did it, and then the the insurance company doubled down. They had to reshoot all of that stuff. So all of the stuff of the firemen fighting a fire is on a sound studio because they had to scrap all the footage. Uh. Um, I guess whatever – like the city of Chicago was like, you cannot show fire in one of our skyscrapers. Uh, it had to be rightfully it had to be. so. Yeah, I know. that's a rule they but, should like, not be. It's breaking. such a weird rule because because then like they you look up and they've got like the I, you could tell it's digital fire. Yeah, but you like they show fire in the tower and they show like there's a lot it? of
3: missteps going on. Yeah, in this I know. Situation.
1: I know. So I get. I mean, I whatever. I get it, but I also like
3: i well, don't think they want to set the precedent of you if can you lie to the insurance yeah. company you can just use the footage <laughs> that's after. probably true it's like no true. we we you can't we're so, gonna let you get away with yeah it.
1: so they were forbidden from using from using the footage of actual flames in fire's the tower. man's greatest foe fire fire's great man's greatest foe it failed serb janiak because he had to reshoot on the studio um so they also rented a helicopter for the for some of the shots of the firemen getting to the tower. Uh, so that uh, that was some kind of cool action there. Uh, they when they had the helicopter, they shot a scene of the main firefighter on the heliopad on top of the tower, and they said it was too over the top to use. Huh. I don't even know what that would be. This is this is this guy's <laughs> die <hard>. I, know, <laughs> I know, I know, <laughs> Like it was shot of like walking hey, over broken glass. We want to do like glass. a
3: Chicago warehouse yeah. drive. He's like, perfect. It's a fire in a skyscraper. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I can just have this vision of like the fireman like tearing his shirt off and screaming into the sky. <laughs> like, what would that? How would that tie into what the video was? Um, so they scrapped that. Um, but yeah, uh, so this was at least in September 17th, 97. Uh, so uh, five months after around the world. But yeah, I, I think like this one maybe the weakest of the yeah gr- group. This very is, 90s. This feels
3: the least. Uh... Daft Punk of any of it,
1: yeah. Um, Even though they're the ones in it, this is the one that they're yeah. in. Yeah, it, it's. They I just I, wanted to hang out with their. This, is, this one feels the these. most dated. Yeah, the coolest. The coolest thing is. The kid playing with the fire engine and it morphing into the fire. Yeah, engine. that's a I mean, very cool very, shot. That's well. the best shot of the whole thing. Yeah. And I was like, I'm into this. I want to see more of that. And they don't. They don't really. I like the story. I, I,
3: like I, this, I like... would
4: make the argument that this is not a big enough song to do this video. If yeah. the funk was playing and it was the the front and center uh, music score to this cinematic experience, maybe we talk about this video differently. Yeah,
1: but you know what Defunct's not called? Burnin'. Burnin'.
4: And
5: yeah, you know but what they should have just done fires. this in a, in a
3: Chicago warehouse. Like, why not just yeah. make it some party? Yeah,
4: I mean, I it, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 mean, I don't know. I, I don't hate it. I'm not going to turn it off. Again, I love I love Daft Punk. I love the song. It's fine. I, I'm not going to seek this one out. If I'm putting Daft Punk on what we're like grooving and watching yeah. music or whatever, uh, this isn't one I'm going to go to. Um, uh, you know, something like Around the World, I would. Um, I don't so.
3: Rem, so I remember all of these videos from TV. Yeah. I do not remember this. At I don't all remember this one at all until I watched have,
1: the DVD. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't remember this one at all either.
3: But you know what the,
1: the it's just yeah. It it was a fine piece. Uh they wanted to they wanted to do a Chicago house party. Yeah. The director was like, "All right, hell yeah, I'm also going to do this crazy thing and where what, a guy burns some steaks in his backyard." That's <laughs> what
3: happens when you get 3 or 4 music videos into an album you know the 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 later you go into an album's fourth single or whatever the less it's you it's kind of like the 10 to 1 on snl sometimes like the fifth music video from an album's like the idea that they couldn't spend a bunch of money on that everybody remembers
1: the videos for uh what's my age again and all the small things (laughs) (laughs) do you you remember the music video for the anthem part one or whatever the fuck <laughs> yeah did. exactly yeah. it's like sometimes they bury some weird cool yeah, stuff in That there. is it is funny that th- this does not happen anymore where like in the 90s a band shot five or six single videos that were all 500,000 yeah and they were talking about like a year and a half after the album came yeah. out and they're the the sixth like the sixth single from this thing is now charting at number nine on TRL for one week
3: because yeah. we're just trying to Korn's fourth album is <laughs> on its ninth single. They spent forty million dollars on music videos. They all look like yeah. shit. This this
1: this is an era that does not happen anymore. No. This is a debut record and they had four videos and then they shot they shot fresh that it's never was crazy. officially released. But uh, fresh comes out what a year and a half after, they shot in May of ninety eight. So it's like a year and a half after yeah. the album came out. That's it's crazy. crazy.
3: I mean, bands' album they don't put out another record for four years. Yeah. Album cycles don't really work like that anymore.
1: No, no, we're like we're getting further and further away from like I. Gorillas did the song machine thing. They eventually put it out as a, a compilation, but song machine was a, an idea that they had like. What if we put out a song a month for fifteen months or yeah. whatever? Uh, I don't know. I, it's very cool. They did some really cool stuff. I I like I like concept albums. I like, I like concept as well. I mean, I like listening to a thing like that. Like random access memories is seventy six minutes of an idea that we wanted to put together. Yeah. And this is our thing. I don't. I I hope that it doesn't get to a point where it's just like we don't even. Do albums anymore we just put out singles as All we eh.
3: house stuff though at the beginning was just yeah. singles yeah you know? it's like yeah. just singles for 10 years yeah or i mean this
1: whole record really is is singles that they that they had been working on for years before homer came out and then but they you know everything after this is uh Dan- album. Ideas. i feel
3: like dance music i'm mean, not dance music but this kind of dance music right house and stuff i i feel like there weren't a lot of albums until the nineties, which I think that was a great development for it.
1: I like when I like when there's a concerted effort to put out a record. Definitely. Me too. And it it started with like dance bands like chemical brothers and prodigy and stuff. Uh, And yeah. Uh, And then slowly worked down to where like, I think these guys were the first people to crystallize. Like we are, we're just dance music producers makers we're, we're not playing you know like yeah. chemical brothers are up there like playing guitars and shit yeah. these guys are just making dance music although and, they, they will play, later. They marketed themselves <laughs> yeah. as a band yeah exactly yeah. uh so roman coppola obviously grew up in the film industry boy did he uh his dad's he's in his dad's movie the godfather as a child uncredited I can't believe that Francis Ford didn't get his kid a SAG-AFTRA card. <laughs> you know? Get that kid that health insurance. And then he flew him out to be an apocalypse. <laughs> uh, so he's uh, he's done, like, almost every job behind the scenes of the industry. If you look at his, his credits and stuff, he's done it all. Uh, but he... Uh, loves making music videos he still does it uh he started in 94 in 2020 he directed music videos for the strokes mariah carey and paul mccartney so he's still yeah. doing this shit um so paul mccartney the, the
3: the tomas, the tomas the beatles yeah, tomas.
1: <laughs> <laughs> i would uh yeah i would go there Toma, paul is tomas and and uh, and Guimon is John Lennon. Is that what we're saying? Probably, <laughs> probably, <laughs> whatever, or whatever the shit shit or yeah, or whatever. Yeah, fuck, whatever. Ringo's the the dog, or whatever. Who cares? gets <laughs> 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 <who gives laughs> a shit?
3: Move <laughs> on. Who cares? Ringo's the dog, or whatever. Ringo's the, or whatever. Ringo's <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Ringo's the Tony Maxwell of the uh, Beatles. George Harrison is
5: that little weird guy from Technologic. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 and, uh, yeah, 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 yeah whatever that is. <laughs> George Harrison is the puppet from Technologic. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, probably probably the most divisive thing that Daft Punk has ever done is that weird puppet from the Technologic video. A lot of people, what a dude thing that is. Do yeah, not like that guy. Oh no, um,
3: that's so, like that. The Quiznos rat.
5: <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah. Look at the Quiznos rat oh, exactly thing, listeners, if you don't subs. remember
1: that.
5: Yeah.
3: That's amazing. what that
1: is. That's that energy. <laughs> that robot is Daft Punk's rat from the Quiznos <laughs> commercials. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What does that mean? Uh, 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 if Spike Jones's commentary silliness, or Michel Gondry's keeping this childhood image of a baseline walking up the stairs in his brain, or Janiac lying to important people about fire, didn't convince you that people who make music videos are weirdos Roman Coppola will Um, so he he is on the record saying that uh, he had always wanted to make an instructional video and that he, this was finally his chance to do it. Like, like you don't need <laughs> what a concept. Yeah, I, I I get it. I don't.
5: I absolutely like, get it. You don't.
1: You don't need two French twenty somethings to ask you to make a music video about uh, their song about unfair police treatment in the Parisian and rave scene to make an instructional video. Like he's a Coppola. He has access to film equipment. He could just freaking make an instructional yeah, video. I love it. Here we are. It's also incredibly. Uh, it, it was also incredibly important to him that people could recreate the Coppola family spaghetti recipe just from watching this video.
7: And uh, here's the beginning of the cooking sequence. What's important about this is that this is a real recipe. This is a real family recipe uh, from uh, my family. And uh, it was very important that we get it exactly right. I'd always wanted to do an instructional video that uh, had a little more... um, Value than just being entertainment that really could teach you something or whatever, and this is my chance to do it. Uh, All these details are very exact for tearing the basil, chopping the onions, all that kind of stuff. It's very critical to follow closely. That's my hope that people will uh, watch this video and learn how to make this possible. Like,
1: two dance music stars were like, Can you make a music video for us? And he was like, Finally, my chance to do a step-by-step instructional video about how to make my family's pasta. This
3: scratches some kind of
5: itch for me that I love. <laughs> it is like crazy, it's
3: like uh, the the I don't know the conceit of the video is it's like it's a spaghetti stain on the cop shirt. Yeah. And then it gets down to this like molecular granular level of like, look at the tomatoes I, it came from. Yeah, I, it's like how did this uh, or how it works or whatever. The, yeah, can, yeah. the Canadian show scratches
1: that itch. I love so this. those uh, uh he, that segment starts with some stock footage, and on the on the commentary track, he's looking, he's rewatching the stock footage, and he goes, "I was really upset to find out that uh." uh it was hard to find stock footage of the same shape of tomatoes. And I really hope people didn't (laughs) notice that they were different tomatoes. It's like, nobody's going to notice that. He's like such a weird brain. Uh, um, so, I yeah. got to roll Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah, yeah. you got to well, you got nominated for an Academy <laughs> yeah, Award for Moonrise Kingdom. And he's like, oh my God, some of those are Romas and some of those are, are freaking Beef House or whatever. Roma Coppola. <laughs> Roma Coppola to Beef uh, House Coppola. Conceptually, though, uh,
4: <laughs> c- conceptually, <laughs> this is one of those ideas that's so out in left field. It, I, it, it is somehow such, is such it. a great video. It is, oh, so, so, it is
1: so, so great. It is so like the... The start of it is such in true true spirit of the video. Yeah. And it's telling the story of the song. And then you notice that stain and it's like Yeah. And it is so fucking cool. I love it so much. I I I love
3: this video. I love it. I I, I don't know. I love that concept of just getting that like granular and that far back into yeah. it. One of my main qualms and disappointments. With this music video, as I wanted. I thought we were going to see the rave. I thought it yeah, was going to did, end right. with the party. Yeah, no, and we did. don't. You see it broken up, and I, I get that. Yeah, that's in service of the song's message, and that's what the music video is. But I was so confident that we were, you no. were going to get to the rave. Yeah, never. I mean, do. I, I mean, I love the the payoff of.
4: You know, it's not just. I mean, the, the the stain ends up being the thing that distracts the cop for a moment that allows the young woman to to yeah. get away. So that's a very cool. We you know, it get is, to that young woman because you he's
1: got some interesting things to say about her. I just think when, when you think <laughs>
4: about it in a, I mean, it does tell a full story. I yeah. mean, it's just not the story you want. It's not the story of the rave <laughs> surviving this encounter. It's the story of the tomato being the thing that eventually yeah. leads to somebody getting away, and I mean, that's a cool so little story.
1: He got some stock footage, and he also filmed at a, a real northern California. California. California tomato farm with like real um, uh, farmhand workers and then follow those tomatoes back down to LA. So that's like, that's time-lapse footage that he shot. Yeah. Very cool stuff. Um, And also he has said in the past that he has heard from fans who actually did follow this recipe step-by-step and like, I make your grandma's tomato or sauce now. Like I do.
3: What what a psychotic thing. If you watched a music video and you were like, should I do that? Should I make that? Can you imagine if I were watching a Mariah Carey video and she started cooking something I'm like I should follow that recipe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't know. I I can't think of a, a single other video where they make food. <laughs> it was yeah. Like that's what. Coppola is also very bluntly funny about some of the actors he worked with on this script. Uh, so this, here's him talking about the main cop.
7: This this cop we picked uh, the guy with the stain. We picked him because he was Italian, so I thought that would work well with the, the whole pasta. Stuff. Yeah,
1: all right. Yeah, yeah why man. not? Uh, and here's
7: the the grandma. This is the appearance of our mother character, who uh, was a funny old Italian lady who actually worked in an Italian restaurant, uh, who was... Uh, <sighs> sort of hard to work with because she wouldn't really listen to me yeah, oh
1: yeah
3: There's I all the, the energy of uh, we cast this guy because he looks like a pasta
1: eater <laughs> I know right he's like that, that guy's Italian he so like he'll eats do he's the only cop that we found that was Italian so we put him <laughs> in the movie uh, and then <laughs> here's him talking about the the lead uh, I guess the lead girl of the the movie um she's the one that spots the pasta stain
7: her lead girl I can't remember her name she was totally stoned on some kind of drug and uh and it was a little hard to work with her
1: I, I He sounds like it, a cop. He, he does sound like a cop. I he kind of looks like a cop yeah, too. He does. He's got those like cop glasses.
3: She was stoned on some, some kind of mm, drug.
1: drug. Uh, I like rewatched the video after listening to the commentary track, and like you can absolutely see how glassy her eyes are too. Yeah. <laughs> it's like she's There's she's a there, type maybe. of
3: person who refers to anyone being high on drugs as being stoned on that drug. On any drug, and it's a, like when I say stoned, I mean, I mean like smoking weed. But that's a type of adult who's like, "Are you stoned right now?" And they're referring anything? to someone who's like on pills. Stoned, or stoned on pain? alcohol? Are you stoned on pills right now? <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. That's a weird energy.
1: Um. He also had issues with the prop department.
7: We had a hard time with this pasta because the, the prop guy overcooked it, and so it kept on falling apart and breaking. And it wasn't al dente, and it sort of blew me away that uh, he didn't he didn't cook it properly.
1: I can absolutely imagine had a direct... problems with the
7: pasta. Had All
3: you <laughs> with the pasta. Can you imagine? It's very funny that this Italian guy's like. I heard blew- your disco song. It should be about pasta. It's all I
1: think about. <laughs> it's all I think about. Your disco song. Where about... He's on pasta. And he eats yeah, pasta. Your and disco song about raves pasta. getting broken up. I think it should be about pasta. <laughs> and it, it infuriates me that the prop <laughs> department does not know how to make it al dente. Are you fucking
5: kidding
3: me? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is why he has not had a successful feature that he's helmed. This might right. He's he's always a co writer.
1: He's always like I, I. This was every like every individual that he talked about working with on the video. He had a problem with like this most,
3: was so most of his uh, he was he did Mozart in the Jungle. I forgot about that that show for Amazon. But like. Uh, most of the stuff he's most successful for, he's the like a writer on or a producer, and I wonder if it's because he can't it might be work with yeah.
1: Ever like like I pulled every clip about him talking about a specific individual in the film, and every single one he said was difficult to work with. Every I think if if everyone you're working with is difficult to work with.
3: There might be a comic yeah. problem. Yeah. There's a character called Sid <laughs> rushing in the Phantom Menace. Jesus
1: Christ! So they filmed, um, they filmed the rave part of the um, of the video with actual rave kids from the LA rave scene, and they got them on set, and they told them to just behave like you normally would. That was like the direction yeah. they gave them. Uh, so this clip is very funny.
7: They actually had fun. We sort of improvised this whole thing where they were just. Uh we just let them loose and said do whatever you might do and you know the the kids were kicking the cops and going nuts and the final sequence where we reveal the stain and she escapes this girl this was the real boyfriend of this girl and they were just like a total kind of stoner couple but very sweet and uh thought that they really had kind
3: of good personality. Oh, man.
7: <laughs> my dream
3: role is someone cast me and my friends to be ravers and I go, behave, do, do your behavior, do, do the behavior do, we like. Do,
1: do, just behave like do you your, normally do would. Do your,
3: rave behavior and they go, He's
1: in. like, they go wild, they were <laughs> kicking, like, they improvised <laughs> kicking the cops. I like, for, for non-actors out there, you don't improvise kicking somebody. <laughs> you, like, you have for, fight choreography and you figure out how to safely make it look like you're kicking somebody they had these rave kids improvise mm. running from cops cops and they were just kicking these guys hey girls. Devin
3: we've hired you to do, do some of your rave behavior at the camera <laughs> the
1: rave, rave behavior behavior <laughs> behavior <laughs> <Be-rave-er. laughs> Do some of that thing you do, Adam. Could you like having to rain that energy back? Okay, 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 okay. All right, Stop. sixty
3: Skid Row Stop. L.A. rave kids.
1: Stop kicking the cops. They're not real
3: cops, first of all.
1: <laughs> this isn't a. They're actors. This is a pasta eater that I've
3: hired <laughs> to pretend to be a cop. Uh,
1: his uh, his commentary track is so funny. All of these guys are fucking weirdos <laughs> that they, directed these videos. They all have very weird as uh, like. Like uh, just behavior and They're uh, all like
3: directors. Yeah, they're all
1: directors. Just like the idea of a guy being like, this is a vision I had as a child. I'm going to make yeah. it into a video. What I've you always talking?
3: dreamed of people being on the stairs.
1: I've always <laughs> talked about men climbing up and down <laughs> stairs.
4: But I think it's like, I mean, it does like, it serves a, a certain point though. Like these uh, are I all- threw a fit um, on stage because- the, the, each, <laughs> each one of these videos I think takes- a little bit of of a crazy edge to make it work, and yeah. like I, I mean, I, honestly, if, if somebody was like, "Yeah, I got we're we're gonna make your rave song video about pasta," like, that's a crazy fucking idea. It's, it's you you have to be one hundred percent serious. You better and you better bring it. Like, gonna throw a, good a
1: fit on stage yeah. if the pasta's not cooked. I mean, but I, but I
4: think that there is like there there is um, you know, and it's not one. One person like this that Daft Punk's working with, they have handpicked a bunch of people with these tendencies because I think that the common thread, whether they're crazy or not, it's big original ideas uh, that, 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 that means something, you know, like that means something to them, whether, you know, it's, it's, it's not about. You know what is Michelle Gondry trying to communicate? Like uh, this feeling I got of people going up and downstairs to a baseline as a kid. I think that like okay, if you're trying to make us feel that feeling, I'm gonna go ahead and say Michelle Gondry made me feel that feeling, yeah, probably. For sure. And I think like you know maybe that that that's um I, again I, I it's it's eye opening to say you know like this was Spike Jones, this was Michelle Gondry, and then to look at it from the other perspective of like. You know, I think that the more we analyze this stuff, the more that this is absolutely a giant building block for these folks, and and maybe yeah. you know you know and I think it, it is this kind of stuff that makes these larger than life um, individuals creators into who they become. It's opportunities like this to say, hey, here's something. You know, you have something successful to work from. You're working from defunct right mm-hmm. now, Spike Jones. Do something with it. That that you know. Don't be safe. You know, I think that that's the the, the common thread. I think the safest of all of these videos is burning. And it's not the safest video. You know, it's not a safe uh, video.
5: uh,
1: Filming it was incredibly unsafe. Exactly. And, you know, I think
4: the product ends up being the safest product in terms of like appeal or marketing appeal. You know, it's a but it it ends up being a forgettable video. And I think it could be very easily uh, that could have very easily happened to any of these videos and any video. Really? Um, People try to do the safe thing and they make something forgettable. The thing about. A video like a, a recipe for a rave song, right? A recipe video as the music video for a rave song. Whether you like it or you don't like it, I guarantee you're not walking away from that and, and forgetting it, you know? You're going to think about it. You're going to talk about it. And again, that right there is probably what Daft Punk wanted. It's, they it, wanted things that would resonate and be talked about, whether it was good or bad. We know, that, you know, they're not going to come out and say this is how you should feel about this. They're going to sit back and let the press and let the media and let people and fans talk and
3: make their own conclusions, uh, and, and and that will just make them bigger. It's just aesthetic. It's also like if you turn on the TV and the music's playing, that's just aesthetically pleasing yeah, for it's a cool. couple minutes. Right.
1: I. It's hard to. It's hard to deny around the world video as like a powerhouse classic yeah this video fucking rocks oh yeah I, like yeah. It, it's hard for me to to say that around the world is my definitive favorite one of these because this video is awesome
3: around the world has stuck in my memory for my yeah. entire you know whatever revolution 909 rips yeah also and- roman couplet directed a music video for beastie boys featuring Nas called too many rappers. Yeah, I gotta watch Which that. Which is funny. That is. <laughs> yeah. Too many rappers. That's a good one. It's a lot of rappers. Kylie Four, Minogue, three. "Sexercise" 2014. I gotta check out what Roman Coppola did with "Sexercise." Sexercise. Um, God,
1: I love Kylie Minogue. Oh, she raps. Kylie Minogue doesn't get enough love as like a queen of of dance dancing. Man, music. what a
3: good techno ass yeah. dance
1: house light yeah, she's, song. She's like she gets roped in with just like pop stars. Listen to the beach that she chooses to sing over. She is not a pop star. To She's a dance. la 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 yeah. la <laughs> la, yeah. la la by she, her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> she she I love gets that it. Song. Kylie Minogue fucking gets it. Yeah,
3: can't get you out of my head. What an incredible song. Yeah, that
1: I like. I have distinct memories of that as a kid. Yeah, like, yeah I, I Like Daft Punk really opened this world to me. But I have these pockets of memory as a kid being like. What is that, and why does it sound so much different than everything yeah, else I hear I, on the radio? I, I oh, that's that's think that shit.
4: serves the point uh, that you know Daft Punk found a better vehicle to dig into mainstream culture without sacrificing. The underground feel i mean we've talked about that idea a bunch and i think that you know talking about these pockets of of house songs that i you know that i know that i never even that i that i like that are earworms that i never have considered as edm or house or or, or any type you know uh i think that that's the thing that daft punk does i don't think of you know while daft punk very much is you know especially especially at this time house music you know it's they found a way to be that without being branded as that. And, right. and at the same time, you know, take advantage of the the mainstream avenues that exist while maintaining the underground credibility. And it's an, again, yeah. I, I, I'm gonna keep finishing my points with, it's an amazing thing to see and actually look deeper at. Yeah, uh, Because, you know, going back to the control <gasps> quote, which I think is the thesis of this entire project we're doing here, you know, we see in every instance
1: Them not giving control. Well, when they do, when they do, it's for their own personal gain, right? right? So they they ceded a lot of artistic vision to these four directors that they chose to work with, with the express purpose of learning from them. It's actually, uh, you know, are are these are are choosing these big, you know, these big
4: ideas and these directors who would become, you know, pretty pretty big in their fields, you know, is that just another robot? costume you know is is having somebody else and a big idea for these videos another robot suit in a way um, you know I think it
1: was more so this is a quote uh from tomas about the the non-official fifth single uh uh of the of homework fresh was, uh, is the final video on Daft. Yeah. Uh, he says, throughout the year that we were, w- that these videos were made, we worked with these directors and we were always asking questions. We always had such a clear vision of exactly what we wanted. And all the directors said to us, if you have such a clear idea, why not do it yourself? And I, I think, uh, the entire idea behind doing these was for them to learn yeah. and they were on set they were asking questions. They were involved. They knew what they wanted. They knew what it wanted to look like. Not all of these videos obviously look exactly how they they had it in their brain, uh, but they went to film school with these the, these guys uh, throughout the night. Uh, uh, and um, once they get to now, we're in May of ninety eight. Uh, the last video came out in February, um, so this is well past homework being. Yeah, uh, you know, it's now it's just part of the a house music lexicon out there. Uh, but they do it, they they go out, they take what they learn, they shoot their own. Uh, the result is a single shot beach sequence for the dreamy track, Fresh, shot on a beautiful May day in Los Angeles. It's never officially released as a single, uh, but it's kind of a sequel to the defunct video revisiting Charles the dog on a much better day for this very good boy. Gimon said on the commentary track, we got the idea after the original video. That one had an ending that was maybe a little bit bitter. We had a lot of positive feedback from Defunk. It was very popular, especially with the kids. But that ending was sad, especially if you liked the dog. Nothing good happens to him. It's very funny to me um, that these guys just wanted to find a happy ending for this yeah. dog. And that was like the basis for this thing. So the video, uh, this one is maybe less, less known than the other ones because it was never like – I don't think this was ever on MTV or anything. Right. Uh, you see – Charles the dog looking sadly at the at the ocean. He's in a tuxedo. He's giving like a self monologue about a uh, long lost love or something. And then Spike Jones yells "Cut!" Uh, and uh, that's the end of the shoot. That's the wrap. Spike Jones is like a busy director that doesn't have time of day to talk to Charles about like uh, the inspiration he had for a, a nice take. Uh, and then you see him. Uh, walk off Beatrice is there From the video They're in love uh, They get into a convertible And drive away And it's very, it's very cute Yeah it's a and good it's, ending Spike's like, a dog's name Spike is a dog's name <laughs> like, He should be called Spike Bones <laughs> and So it really The director should be Charles Jones and the dog should be Spike. Absolutely, <laughs> I think that there is. You know, this is what
4: they choose to highlight in this video is a good take, a, a cut. Well, it's take. very
1: funny to me that Spike Jones agreed to be in on it, and yeah. they're kind of shitting on. They him a really little are. Bit. Yeah, like they're saying, like you were rude to this dog. You were very mean to this dog, and we're going to be nice to him.
4: Yeah, <laughs> he was so rude to it. <laughs> I think there's a, the the moment that that resonates with me is is probably the dog Charles, a dog, trying to explain to the director here you know, he's trying to explain this valuable thing that he found. I thought back to this childhood memory and then the doctor's like, yeah, I got to take this call pretty much. And then walks away. And I think that again, like that serves even at this point, a certain level of cynicism that I I think we will, we will see. And and I don't know, maybe that's like the budding of an idea that ultimately gets us where we are today. Uh, Is this, this, you know, appreciate what's behind it appreciate the you know i don't know i i i i think that um that's really the first glimpse of unhappiness uh, but unhappiness in what should be a happy and like we can see on unhappiness in like the revolution 909 as in like cops breaking up raves or the reality of negativity existing sure but i think that that's like the first time in a daft punk thing that we see the presence of a negativity in what should be a positive moment. You know, we've heard uh, we've heard the boys say, uh, you know, video is the the ultimate form of creativity. We so so theoretically, the closing shot of a great take that closes off the set or whatever. This should be, you know, if in Daft Punk standards, one of the best moments ever. You know, right. and honest, the, the actor's happy with the take. The director's happy with the take. It's a beautiful sunset on a beach. I mean, there's no reason that there should be this bittersweet added that feeling there I think a little it's, bit. It's more,
1: uh, yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. There's. I mean,
3: is it about? Is this about the hollowness of Hollywood? Yeah, yeah. right. That,
1: or is it? Is it about the fact, like in his. In the dog's personal life, in real life, off camera, he's having very, he's being very happy, you know. Or is like, it? I, mean, I don't know.
4: The other question could be: Is it's, is it a punch back at Spike. a vision they had that they trusted yeah. a director to do something with, and then they weren't it happy be, with? Yeah, it, I think it might know? be that
1: that they were. I think that they were a little. Uh, I think they were a little annoyed at how pessimistic the defunct the right. what happened to the dog in the defunct video was. Uh, and that this was their uh, this is their chance to yeah. make amends. They, I mean, they, they shot the whole thing in one day. I it, think we're searching for more meaning. Yeah, this right.
4: But yeah. I mean, but I guess who if, if if somebody's supposed to search for more meaning, it's probably us <laughs> doing this, right. right? So I mean, I, I think that like nothing just become something else overnight. Right. So I think it is important for us to point out these little moments that maybe, you know, that one, that of all the video moments, that moment did resonate with me the most, mm. you know, on my um, watch, I watched, you know, again, today I watched through all, all these videos back to back. And, and for some reason, that moment of the dog trying to explain the monologue or the inspiration and being cut off, it really sticks out to me. It really yeah. does.
1: So there was, there was rain the whole week uh, leading up to the shoot. Uh, and it threatened to derail the whole plan because uh, Tomas said, we needed a beautiful summer day c- to instill a calmness yeah. like the ending of a feature film because they viewed this this video as the ending of the homework era. Mm-hmm. So the the single-shot steady cam follows Charles up the beach to Beatrice's convertible, and then a crane shot focuses on the car until it disappears. Tomas says – it was a symbolic moment for us. It was the fifth and final video of homework. We started with the dog. We wrapped up with him, too. With that crane shot following in, in to, uh, into the horizon, all that was missing was the end credits. This it thing's was, a one right? It's just one shot. Yeah. Uh, so they well, they, 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 break steady, the shot. they steady cam that last shot. They did a very smooth job right. of going from – it's hard to tell where it breaks, but it's a one-shot steady cam up to the parking lot and then they, they smoothly transition to a crane shot that shows them the car driving away. Uh, yeah, and he says, like, the only thing that's missing is the end credits because they kind of right there put to bed the homework era.
3: Oh, I forgot to say it while we were talking about the other Spike Jones video. But right before he directs uh, the music video for Defunct, he does uh, The Drop by The Far Side, like, that same year which is produced by uh, Jay Dilla, which is one of his bigger tracks. I feel like I'm charting both of them side by side because they're both doing a very similar thing in terms of the way they sample music and their trajectories into fame. And then they both, I mean, Jay Dilla passes away and produces his opus uh, the year they do Alive 2007, right around there. So I I don't know. I feel like they are are doing the same thing in different spheres. And it's funny to chart where they do overlap because they do a lot yeah they sample a lot of the same disco a lot of the same shit yeah, it's really samples, fun he samples Tomas each other without knowing,
1: <laughs> without knowing that it's daft punk yeah uh but that's that's the end of the videos um the side b of the dvd which i had completely forgot until i revisited the daft dvd that you could that flip DVD, a dvd dvds over. used to be so, like two-sided uh, like my wife is a little bit younger than me. She's like five years younger than me. She doesn't. She doesn't remember two sided DVDs. I absolutely How do. How slow yeah. was this DVD? Yeah, Dude, yeah, it is a slow yeah. DVD. Yeah, uh, the sec side B um, uh, is a clip of Rolling and Scratching live at the Mayan in L. A. It's very cool to see them. Uh, like yeah. a nice professional shoot. Uh, of something that, you
4: know yeah. what's because really cool with that that rolling and scratching because i watch i watched that one today too um so so i i'm pulling these videos up on youtube you yeah. know i don't have the yep. dvd or whatever but what's what's interesting was to see a a, a tomas set autoplay rolling and scratching at a later more oh, more yeah. present day date right after that and to see that song done to see Tomas do that in, in its different variations from this B-side uh, B-side. We're going to call it the B-side <laughs> yeah. DVD to, to like a, a him solo on a, you know, surprise yeah. on DJ set or, or whatever. Even further, It's really yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's it's very cool to see the different ways that, you know, again, that is just a noise made to drive people crazy. Oh, and yeah, I think for sure. it's just, you know, uh, you guys, uh, you guys out there who haven't seen a rolling and scratching uh, mix uh, performed find some point you know whether it's uh even further whether it's a live 20 uh 2007 or whether it's it's anywhere find him doing that in a big room of people and just watch how it grows and in, and in, in what it becomes it is astounding
1: yeah uh um yeah this this clip is on youtube and it's some of the only it's some of the only like professional footage right. of them playing live from this era which is is Totally different. I don't want to get into it too much here because all of next week is going to be focused on what they were like live um, uh, at this era. We're going to talk about a live 97, but we're also just going to talk about them. This this part of their career is their most focus on playing live. Yeah. So uh, I, I believe from uh, before homework – right before homework came out, to uh to the very end of the homework era so we'll say like 2000 uh they played almost 300 shows yeah and after that they play uh less than 100 together as a group so um that this uh uh this is when they were playing this is when they uh were f- most focused on the live stuff uh, uh but we're gonna get all into that next week so uh i kind of want to save that for next week but do you guys cool. have any other thoughts on the Revol- or the rolling scratching thing
3: it's just fun. It it's fun seeing the crowd. It's fun seeing it's it's really cool seeing their live rig and it's uh what a novel and kind of dumb concept that you can direct yeah. your own angle with the DVD. I couldn't get it to work. I could barely get it to work yeah. either. You can pick My, different camera angles yeah. to watch the videos.
1: Yeah, so what ends up look it just looks like a security cam thing because yeah. it's got nine boxes. I couldn't I couldn't figure out I I think my DVD player might be too new to, to do it because <laughs> uh, like none of the whatever
4: for me, seeing them in that setting while it's very cool and it's something I would uh, 100% have loved to see, um, you know, coming from, you know, now having watched, you know, a of 2007 or or later on Daft Punk sets so many times together in a setting where we're, you know, we're, we're, we're hanging out, we're watching a concert yeah. together. Um, it is again, a, a testament to their growth, uh, f- f- you know, to both to this point and then beyond this point, oh, yeah. I think that seeing e- even further, um, to something they're doing a lot more live right. stuff in this I,
1: I'm, and, and I'm gonna talk all about even further is that.
4: well before this right the word word like two two maybe two years before this
1: or something like uh, that, that, yes
4: so even further is two years so going from what we see at even further to this is is really cool yeah. and then knowing where they go over the next 10 years yeah. or so is so that's
1: uh, that's daft that's the DVD uh, like I said we're gonna talk about a live 97 next week. But uh, before we leave, uh, we uh, we know that people are following along. You might be huge Daft Punk fans and don't have uh, a ton more uh, knowledge or interest in house music. We want to change that. You might be uh, listening to this and just getting into house music. We want to change that. You might be a grizzled old vet like me and live for this shit. And hopefully I, uh, we can uh, uh, get you on to some new stuff that you've never heard. We are going to, every week, uh, talk about one track that we have been obsessed with this week. Either something new that we've heard, something, uh, an earworm that we can't get out of our head, some old track that just popped back into our lives, something uh, dance related that we have been obsessed we, with since the last time we recorded. Who wants to go first? I got you. I, I'm I'm the more
4: recently onboarded uh, into this genre of music, uh, and I I think that this next one is is one that I think could be another. Uh, you want an onboarding point that is in a Daft Punk song? I think I got one for you right here. We're going uh, Soul Wax, Night Versions, uh, an album we've talked about a few times. Uh, we're, it's 2005. Um, we mentioned this uh, this album before because they recreate Teachers uh, as their opening track. Yeah, this,
1: so very interestingly, they do not mention Daft Punk Right In their version Of teachers But they're doing Teachers yeah, So I funny. think The whole thing Is
3: Daft is, Punk They don't yeah. respect them <laughs> They don't respect them But
1: uh, So so I picked
4: The, the track uh, Which which is a, An absolute ripper uh, It's called E-Talking And
3: it's uh, Just
4: listen E-Talking
1: It's not you It's E-Talking so Soulwax is a like a punk band that got into dance later, and this record. Oof, that's yeah. A good one, yeah, it's hard to. Yeah, it's hard. To, it's hard to do it. That's a great one. Soulwax is a punk band that got into dance music after they'd put out a couple records. Night versions they dropped in 2005, and it's all just remixing of their own stuff into dance songs. Uh, they just reissued a 15-year anniversary this year, and the whole thing rocks. I believe that album's 15 years 15 old. 15 years old. They are now – you might know them as Too Many DJs, the two guys. They're brothers from Soulwax, They're, like, just really respected uh, dance producers now. Um, but this album specifically, Night Versions, I believe my humble dance opinion as somebody who has dedicated their adult life to this music is one of the best dance records yeah. of all time top to bottom uh, uh this, this this song's great the one two punch of the song i love techno into crack is w- 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 one of my favorite th- moments on any record yep. ever love it what you got
3: uh yeah you can go i've got a track by uh black noise uh called potato salad and uh freaking rips
1: potato spelled with an e at the end yeah <laughs> here we go that's hardy. Oh yeah, I'll fuck with that. Oh yeah. The video here is a bunch of flies eating some rotten fruit, which that, I'm also correct. That <laughs> That's the circle of life, That's baby. That's the circle of life, baby. Uh, uh you say uh, you
3: know a little bit more about Black Noise? Yeah, Rob. Um, Rob is a Detroit guy. Um, in a group called uh, Detroit Lines. He's Earl Sweatshirts DJ. He put out a really great rap album uh, or hip-hop album earlier this year. But he also produces like incredibly complex, like industrial house and techno. That song comes from the Adult Swim compilation Ghostly Swim 3. And right. Ghostly Swim 1, the first compilation from uh, Adult Swim and Ghostly from 2008, is one of the most formative electronic albums I ever listened to. It's how I got into Tycho, it's how I got into that Matthew Dear and all kinds of people. So, check them out.
1: That rocks. I am going to highlight uh she she I believe she's uh, I you know, Spotify has like the you can PayPal artist thing now. Yeah. I believe she's in the UK cuz uh um it's it was pounds. Uh, her name is Mayan uh, Nadam, and this is a track called "Infinite Rattle," and it is a it's some some nasty oh, shit. Yeah. It's some that is dark. Yeah, dark. Be- not like some of like this is maybe darker than some of our other stuff, but I highly recommend you look up Mayan N- Mayam Nadam because my god. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I was I was grooving to this this week while grilling some uh, meat. Uh, oh, yeah. because that's one of my favorite hobbies is to listen to house music and grill at the same time. Oh, I know, buddy. My You want your thing? My neighbors hate it.
3: What? So you want a picture?
1: Oh, uh, uh, Beats and Meats is a, a lifestyle I'm promoting <laughs> where you just. Uh, it's a
3: lifestyle I'm promoting? <laughs> yeah. It's a whole lifestyle. I'm, I am I'm promoting a new
1: lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lifestyle I'm promoting where you get into uh, smoking, <laughs> grilling, <laughs> cooking various meats, and listening to house music while you do it. And hopefully tag yourself on Instagram uh, video, listening to house music and, and enjoying meat. I w- I've also had this vision. You know what? I'm not going to say it because I would yeah, love to say I don't it. want anybody to steal this shit. And, and Nobody and steal my life. Nobody steal my lifestyle. I do
3: like the pitch of I'm promoting a new lifestyle. <laughs> promoting
1: a new lifestyle. It's called <laughs> oh, going to I'm bed sure. too late and waking Every, up too
3: early. <laughs> everyone's uh, I, everyone's lives are fine, I'm sure. But I have a new lifestyle that I think is better.
1: <laughs> no, and lifestyle I want you to have To promote. It's called Beats and Beats. Oh, oh, geez. oh yeah Yep.
4: Uh, so you guys uh, out there if you uh, remember uh, if you want to uh tell us anything whether it's a story effect, a correction That's been whatever. one of my
1: favorite I've lo- I've loved re- researching this stuff I've loved talking about Daft Punk with my best friends here I I'm so overjoyed uh at people reaching out and connecting with us about this stuff you know I I've heard from like uh, a guy in North Carolina who was like I'm the I I'm the biggest Daft Punk fan here. I don't have anybody else to talk with about this stuff here. Thank you so much. There's Daft Punk fans all over uh and you know there's yeah. Daft Punk fans in places where dance music isn't uh popular and stuff. If you're out there and listening to this and having a great time, reach out to us yeah. cuz I love hearing uh, uh people around the country and world already. Yeah listening to this and enjoying it with us. And
3: perhaps the galaxy
1: someday. <laughs> Uh You
3: guys, one more
4: time. That uh, that email address, though, is info at Alive2021.com. Yeah. Also, you guys, a couple other things before we go. I wanted to shout out uh, two, 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 uh, two uh, things here. Uh, Detroit News and uh, Daily Detroit. Uh, both uh, the, the news uh, did a nice little, little write-up for us uh, about us. Uh, and then we uh, got some some got to talk to uh, Jer over at the Daily Detroit. Uh, so thanks. Thank you. And yeah. the reason I'm bringing that up, you guys, is we're, we're getting um, a little
1: traction here. Uh,
4: and, and you could help us out. Uh, you know, subscribe to
1: subscribe to the channel. You can help us out by uh, liking us on social media. We're on Instagram and Facebook. You can help us out by liking and subscribing on your podcast app. If you're on iTunes, you could specifically help us out by writing a review on there. Uh, and you can. The best thing you can do is tell your fucking friend to yeah. listen. <laughs> yeah. Tell your fucking friend to listen to yeah. us. Tell him. Yeah. Tell <laughs> them they're not just listening. listening. They're not. They're not listening to me. Um, your friend's not listening to me. Cool. <laughs> your friend is not listening to I me. I like your
3: friend, but he's not listening.
1: Andy, I love your uh, friend, but he's not listening to me. Andy, what we got next week? Uh, next week, uh, like uh, we're doing a Live 97 uh, as a focus, but we're going to use that as a launching point to talk about their live rig and their live shows as a whole through this era.
3: Oh, and we got a P.O. box. We do have a P.O. box. If you want to mail us Daft Punk crafts, if you drew a picture of them or made earrings or – you have some weird trinket you want us to talk about on the show? We yeah. would love to.
1: Or just some uh, yeah, uh, or just a letter. The peel yeah. box
3: uh, is on the website. I
1: <laughs> forgot the forgot the number. <laughs> it's okay. It's on the website, alive2021.com. Oh jeez. I think with that, yeah. uh, you guys I'm on, remember. I'm on Twitter at DR drgoodtweets, Doctor Goodtweets.
3: I'm on Twitter at at Devin Roseni, D E V I N R O S N I. I'm on all the social medias, uh, and my handle is just at the most Darren.
4: And you can also catch me uh, streaming uh, some video game content daily over at Facebook Gaming.
1: Uh, also, uh, if you are, enjoy the silly parts of this and not so much the research parts of this. We do another podcast about The Simpsons called Homerphilia, A Simpsons Saga, where we barely talk about The Simpsons at all. (laughs)
3: Yeah, to be
1: honest, I don't don't know
3: what we do talk about most of the time. Honestly, that show— We love The Simpsons, but we have a lot of
1: other things to talk about. The brand of that show is wildly different than the brand of this show. So if you enjoy our good humor and and light chit-chat, head on over there and hear some of the craziest tangents you've ever experienced. This
4: show is us. um, you know, we're cleaning up. We're we're putting on our nice clothes, and, and we're <laughs> doing our our due diligence. That show is us, us. This is us uh, going to church. man. philia <laughs> is uh, the three of us about as unhinged as you'll get us.
1: That show is way looser. It's sillier. You can. We're hear gonna be doing it for fifteen. years. We're gonna be doing it for yeah, some fifteen fucking years or whatever. Uh, um. So you can hear us kind of stretch our comedy and improv legs a little bit more there, and be. Uh, uh, more performative. Yeah, this is more. This is serious. Yeah, more, we're more annoying. Oh <laughs> yeah, well, we're, we're way more annoying. Perfect.
4: Uh, so with that, you guys, we will see you uh next Friday. Have a good day.
1: Bye. And a good weekend. Hello
3: everyone. Alive Twenty
4: Twenty One is a member of the Planet Ant Podcast Network and was created by Andy Reid, developed by Andy Reid, Devin Roseney, and Darren Shelton, with technical production by Darren Shelton. For more information, please visit Alive2021.com.